Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, I am Steve Dace. Coming up on today's show, by the way, you guys need to know and recognize the amount. I have a strange inbox. 48 hours ago, I was inundated with jockstrap references and visuals. Isn't strange inbox an evergreen for you, though? (laughs) It is. The last 24 hours has been people across the fruited plain agreeing with me that ketchup is great on scrambled eggs. And you guys are wrong. Spoiler alert. And I'm right again. Tomorrow's uh, worst of the week in the overtime. That's it. My my liking yep. ketchup on scrambled eggs. Yep. Well, you're going to have to offend a lot of people in this audience because the the backup man. I've received a lot of backup on this. A lot of people backing me up and calling you guys out for again having poor taste, as you have proven by. You know who else had here. a lot of backup? Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an argument today. That's actually an argument today. It is indeed nice. All right, coming up on the show today, uh, we'll talk about uh, what it is like to try and uh, stand for freedom if you're working in Hollywood. Uh, Theology Thursday next hour. Boy, I mean, I don't even want to do this chapter. Do we have to do this chapter? Can we just skip it? The problem problem is if we skip it, I don't want to do the next one either. Okay. Are we at the Scott Atlas moment of this book where we just set it down and say... I, then I, I certainly don't want to do the one in three weeks, okay? So okay. I'm beginning to think that uh, we might just have to punt on... Uh, we sold a lot of books for him, I think. It's have, a great I, book. We've got, this thing maybe has gone far enough. I mean, the next three weeks, the voting of kingdom citizens, yeah, the conscience of kingdom citizens, and if all that were not depressing enough, the function of kingdom citizens. Yeah. I mean, this is... I read these chapters and like I know them in my bones. Yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be a reading. This is going to be a beating. I mean, this is a scourging. I mean, this is... Do we, yeah. have, do we have to do these? We don't. It's our show. It's been, it's been fantastic for people to hear it through his point of view. It's been outstanding, but it's... You get that far through it and you realize we, this is the show we do on a daily basis. You got to have a good letter in there somewhere for Theology Thursday today we can I mean, we can get into. Let's talk uh, epistemology, end times, <laughs> anything. These next three weeks, dude. Yikes. Nevertheless, we will finish the book. We will probably be finished with many of you once we do. Okay, but we will finish the study over the next few weeks of kingdom politics, returning God to government by Dr. Tony Evans. So today's show is Freedom in Hollywood and Returning God to Government, subtitled 
we want to end this without having any friends at all. Uh, and then we will have three non-political questions for you as well. But before we get to all of that, let us begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the starkest of contrasts. Just barely 24 hours after Hurricane Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 storm, power was already restored to nearly a half million people. Uh, we are working hard to restore power across the state of Florida. As of 6 a.m. today, there are approximately 146,000 power outages reported across the state, uh, but power is being restored quickly. Uh, thus far, 420,000 accounts that lost power during the storm have been restored. Governor DeSantis also issued a stark warning for would-be looters. You protect people's property and, and we are not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would try to do something like that on the heels of an almost Category 4 hurricane hitting this community. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, this part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the Second Amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. Santos also said bridges have been cleared and major airports in the affected area are reopening. Again, this hurricane made landfall yesterday morning. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is out here with a new gaslight on COVID. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. Oh, really? But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. We did the right thing. We closed the country down. I could have kept it open. And I could have done what some countries are doing. I had to shut it down. We did the right thing. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdown. I thought of keeping it open. And we did just the right thing. We closed it down. And a group of very smart people walk in and say, sir, we have to close it. And we did the right things. We will not abide by your mask mandates and we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. Even the Democrats aren't blaming me for that. We had to close it up. Some people wish we never closed it down. We did the right thing. They rigged the 2020 election and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election. We closed it. It's a decision for the president of the United States. We did the right thing. We had to close it up because nobody's ever heard of closing down a country, let alone the United States of America. Even if it means trying to bring back COVID, but they will fail because we will not let it happen. We had to turn off the airlines. We had to turn off everything. And we did the right thing. A lot of people have thought about it. Write it out. Don't do anything. Just write it out and think of it as the flu. But it's not the flu. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. The President of the United States 
calls the shots. And we had to close it down. We did the right thing. They're not working in offices. They're not in airplanes together. And we did close up. We had to close it up, and we did the right thing. We closed it down. We did the right thing. We closed it up. Thank you very much. And finally, what you're about to hear happened on the largest podcast on the face of the planet. Here's Oliver Anthony on the Joe Rogan experience. I kind of had this breakdown moment and um, decided that I was going to let whatever ego I had go. And just at this point, it's like I knew I didn't have much left in for me anyway. And I wanted I wanted to serve whatever purpose it was that I was here to serve. It's like you get this just overwhelming feeling in you. I, I was just crying like a baby, just this very like warm feeling throughout me. And that... Um, that really hasn't gone away since like I I'm not the guy that can play in front of 12,000 people on guitar I would be like I mean I had never played a paid gig when we when we played the show at the farm market where Jamie Johnson showed up that was my first paid gig like I'm not a guy to go out and play live shows but I can tell you I was so like um I was just so at peace being up there like it just felt like that's where I was supposed to be and that and with all this it has been like there's no way that Chris from six months ago could handle what's gone on the last two weeks, but I feel just so empowered from all of it. And, um, I don't know. I'm telling you, like, again, I'm not, I'm not anybody special and I'm certainly not here to preach to anybody, but just from coming from somebody who was just really, just in a really just f***ed up place. Like, and I use that word like with discretion, but in this case it describes like where I was like that guy found a lot of peace, like from this book. Um, you know, like there's there's things it says like, uh, and I'll be very brief with this, I promise. But like one thing, ironically, it's uh, Proverbs four twenty, which I thought you would <laughs> like. <laughs> so if there's anything better, perfect. But, Read um, it. Preach. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. But um, That's pretty f***ing profound. But the whole book of Proverbs is like that. Like, it's not preachy. It's not, it's not what you think. Like, it's... It's like, it's good guidance. It's like good guidance that you would want a father to give to his son. Amen. And that's what happened while we were away. Wow. On the Joe Rogan show. Joe Rogan was on brand after hearing scripture. I know. That's pretty bleeping profound, man. <laughs> Aaron's montage brought to you by Patriot Mobile, you know, for a decade now. They have been America's only American mobile phone provider. And they are really the only one. And that's why I want to make the switch. There are not too many places, unfortunately, these days where you can avoid giving money to people who hate you or would like to once they're profitable enough. Uh, luckily, one place where you can do that is with a product all of us need to use these days. That's our mobile phones. Make the switch now to Patreon Mobile like our family did the final straw for us a few years ago was during lockdowns when T-Mobile decided they were going to start censoring text messages with, quote, medical misinformation. That was it. I just, that was my tap out. Had enough. Finally made the call. Thought it was going to be a hassle with five of us owning phones. And they made it absolutely seamless with their outstanding customer service team. How good is that customer service team? I mean, anytime you need to switch networks, they'll help you do that to any of the three major networks that are out there for free. 
anytime you need it because you're a member of Patriot Mobile. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They've got extra ways to say thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve. A free activation with the offer code Steve. When you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. So overtime today is a poll I've got going on Twitter. Actually, it ended about uh, 12 minutes ago. Uh, it's a poll I have going on Twitter after Donald Trump was on Glenn Beck's show, what was it, Tuesday? Saying that uh, he's very proud of what they did during COVID. They made all the right decisions. Um, not enough people are recognizing the greatness of those decisions. I mean, I'm sure more people would, Mr. President, but 10,000 of them once owned family and small businesses, and they got erased by your lockdowns. So they can't probably afford internet now to tell you how great they thought the decisions were. Uh, but um, we've got a poll going on on Twitter of whether you agreed with Trump or not, and we will discuss those results. Well, now he has come out. This is very Romney. I mean, this is very Romney. This is very Romney vowing to appeal to repeal Obamacare when he was the guy that came up with the idea before they did. If you're relatively close like Trump is to having a tombstone just because he's an old man, no Greenman, that's not something you want to people no. to be talking. Very Romney is not the thing you want. Etched no, you're in rounding stone third, ever. headed for home, and you're not even buying green bananas anymore. All right. You don't want to hear any day that could be the last breath. Well, it was really Romney, but this and, you know, he endorsed him. So maybe it makes some sense. But this is very Romney vowing vehemently to repeal the policy that he inspired. And as Aaron pointed out in his lockdowns, I'm sorry, in his montage, Freudian slip, (laughs) in his his Freudian slip, the lockdowns were his and he was quite proud of them. In fact, he was proud of them 48 hours ago right here on this very network. Actually, he was proud of them. The ongoing devastation from the CARES Act, the lockdowns, Operation Warp Speed, generational. We are we are still suffering it today. And of course, if you're listening to this show, you're probably not unaware of this. If there's a positive here. It is clear that someone has finally gotten through to the president, especially after whatever that was with Glenn Beck three days ago. Someone has gotten through to the president to say, that dog ain't going to hunt. Okay, that ain't happening. All right. That 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 just that's indefensible. And, you know, I've pointed this out to you guys before. There is a there's this relationship with like the uh, the the really popular MAGA personalities like Abandon, for example. <clears throat> There's this thing where, I mean, I've said this before, I'm, I'm always going to give credit where credit is due. I don't know anybody in media that has done more important work on the poison poke than Steve Bannon has. I mean, he has supported, probably bankrolled a lot of what Naomi Wolf has been doing. They have been in a partnership together for the last couple of years, um, going through the Pfizer disclosures and everything else. I, I don't know a member of the media that has done more to tell us the truth about that experimental genetic serum than Bannon has. And I'll give him credit for that. That's present company included. I mean, I wrote two best-selling books on COVID. I might be the only person in the world that's done that. And Bannon taught me and told me things I didn't know. I learned things from the work that he did, and I'm very grateful for that. And yet there's this strange thing, though, where if you are that intimate into Trump's orbit, you are allowed to pursue radically truth 
in ways that that inside the traditional Republican right of center media industrial complex, you previously weren't. And so, again, speaking for myself, I'm guessing you guys would agree. We're all very thankful for that. But but, you know, there's always a price. Okay, I mean, I face a price. Now, my price is different from many other people. I was on a show today where I host, you know, brought up the, the fact that um, we could lose a bunch of audience because of my DeSantis endorsement. I, I just don't care about that. I am aware that that price could be paid. It's never, it's a price I've been willing to pay since June 12th, 2006, when I debuted in this format. I, I just don't care. I, I don't care. I have no regard. These guys who work with me and know me personally, spend personal time around me, my wife, my kids, they could all tell you the amount of time they've ever, they've ever heard me ever say, you know, I don't want to say something that I know to be true. Um, now, I'm not talking about saying, inst- saying things in an incendiary way on purpose to provoke getting censored. I'm talking about saying things that are fundamentally true. We can't say that because, you know, we might push the audience too far and it might get us fired. I just don't care. In fact, I, in my worldview would say that's an honor, actually. I mean, if anything, I, I may be reckless in pushing towards that outcome because it would actually validate my own worldview. Like, I'm, I'm jealous of Jenna Ellis on some level that she gets to get arrested. I mean, when you look at the history of the faith, I mean, I can't think of a great figure in the history of the faith that at some point in time wasn't arrested or threatened with it, you know? Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's the sign that you are over the target, okay? So, yeah, I, I have a price that I have to pay too. I just don't mind paying it. I'm totally okay with it. Wouldn't bother me at all. Blades could call me tomorrow and say, you push this thing too far, we're done. Okay, cool. I'll figure something else out. I'm fine with it. Literally, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Now, ironically, this morning we had our highest podcast rating that we have had in m- months, so I don't anticipate that occurring, okay? But if it did, because of something, because I was willing to push too far on something that is fundamentally true, I would be okay with it. What I would not be okay with is if I said something fundamentally false, and that's what cost that call to come in. That's why, for a lot of you that are wondering, that's why I have not commented much on what's going on in Maui. I don't know. I don't believe any of the narrative. I don't believe any of it, but I don't have like a substitute data set that I can go to with this like I could on COVID. I don't know. And so I have to be militant about making sure I don't say things that are false because of how aggressively I will pursue saying things that I know are true. Now, the price in the, in the Trump inner higher upper echelon MAGA orbit is you are permitted to pursue things that are even contrary to what Trump is saying at the time doing at the time and advocating at the time, but you can't ever tie it back to Trump. You can't ever do that. And so you're permitted to say things like too many old boomers in office after Ditch McConnell glitch is as is our um, friend Emerald Robinson nicknamed him yesterday. Glitch Robinson strokes out one more time. You're permitted to tweet without any self-awareness at all. Too many 80 year olds running for office. But you can't ever point out that Trump would be 83 by the time he left the White House if he were to win. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's always that. That's the price. You get to you get to take a crowbar to the Overton window, but in exchange, anything Trump does to violate the truth you've uncovered, you can't ever connect it to him. And a lot of people and good people, people I like, have made the moral calculation that that is worth it to them 
in order to take a crowbar to the Overton window. And I don't necessarily disagree a lot. I mean, I, I can understand why you would make that calculation. I'm just not wired that way. I grew up with a gaslighter. And so I just can't tolerate it. I mean, I, I couldn't make that deal no matter how lucrative it was offered. I mean, I, if, if Trump called me up and said, I'll make you the same deal I made, fill in the blank, MAGA influencer, I, I would pr- I'd try to take it. And then the, like the, it may be the first time I could do it. But then the second time, if I couldn't tie it back to him and I couldn't say what was true, it would just take me back to when I was 11 years old being co- or, or eight years old being coached on how to lie to my elementary school teachers about where the marks on my face came from. I just couldn't do it. I, I, I'd have to, you know, I'd be like George Costanza walking in in the uh, master of my own domain episode of Seinfeld. I'm out. You know, I mean, maybe that was Kramer that did that. Kramer. Kramer. I, I'd have to. I'm out. I, I, I tried. I tried. I just physically, viscerally, emotionally can't make that bargain. But that's the bargain. And so you need to know that as a consumer of content. You know, I, I wouldn't dissuade you from consuming a lot of that, um, that MAGA content. There's a lot of good truth telling going on there. Just understand the boundary that will not be crossed is it can't ever get tied back to Trump. And now Trump is trying to do that now with what he said at Mar-a-Lago yesterday on COVID. Like he doesn't have like his fingerprints are not on the weapon. That being said, I mean, I agree with every word that he said. The question you have to ask is, um, does he, does he agree with that? Based on what he just even said 48 hours ago to Glenn Beck here on this network, and what he has said since March 16, 2020, how many opportunities has he been given to say this was a mistake? And, 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 and he, the thing is, he could even pivot to it, even to this day. What's today, August 31st? He could even right now pivot to, those were terrible mistakes. I got terrible advice from the people like Fauci, all right? And I inherited him from the Obama administration, and all those people should be put on trial. And he would be, like, absolved instantly, right? By, the, by almost everybody, absolved instantly. He could take that pivot. He won't even take that pivot. So you contrast this with, he is, he's literally gaslighting, as Aaron said, gaslighting his own base. I didn't do those things to you before. I didn't give them their worst ideas before they had it. I didn't take their worst ideas and impose them on you. I didn't do those things. Never happened. You're not suffering through terrible inflation because my CARES Act, after my CARES Act, we printed 80% of all U.S. dollars that have ever been printed in the history of the Treasury since that legislation was signed. None of that, none of that occurred. They didn't steal the election because I handed them $400 million to ballot harvest across the country. Never occurred. You didn't lose your job because you, wouldn't, you didn't take a jab, a poisonous genetic serum that I'm proud to author, and I gave a company called Moderna that had never brought a product to market in the entire history prior to COVID-19 until this poison. Um, that didn't happen. Someone else did those things. It's like I was never president. He's gaslighting his own base. You contrast this now with, at this point, just the ruthless efficiency of, of how he governs in Florida. I don't even know he'll get credit for it anymore. It, you just take it for granted. I mean, you just, you just take it for, it's like Tony Gwynn. Just take for granted Tony Gwynn's going to show up at the ballpark and go two for four every day. That's a fantastic Just take analogy. it for granted. Just take it for granted. He's going to go two for four every day. He's going to he, he, he's going to he's going to hit three seventy every year. It's just and 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 the team may suck around him. They may be good around him. It's just you take that you're going to take for granted for twenty years that Tony Gwynn is just going to show up and hit three seventy every year. 
You're just going to take it for granted. And the world, the rest of the world now has sprinted forward saying, that's not fun anymore. Yes. You just swing for the fences every time. You're not shamed by eternal strikeouts. Yes. And they've lost. The, like, they Give me the guy at, who hits yeah, 40 home yeah. runs, but he struck out 230 times and hit and hit uh, two, Honestly, 220. Perfect analogy. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I mean, you know, that's the reality of where we are. This was a category four hurricane. Every major airport in Florida in, in its wake reopened already. By the time we went to bed last night, 400,000 people have had, 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 had their power restored within 24 hours of a Category 4 storm. And it would only be impressive, except they just did this all last year. This happened last year in that state as he was down the stretch the last month of a re-election campaign. Same exact thing. He's Ricky Bobby, man. When he wakes and, then, up. and then we sat here on election night. You know, wondering what's going on in Antrim County, Michigan, where all these no no chain of custody absentee ballots coming from Florida, the state that made hanging Chad a term we all unfortunately learned 20 years ago at 1030. He's out there smoking Red Auerbach's cigar, shutting it down. We're done. See you in the morning. We're all done here. 1030 at night, Florida, Florida, done counting votes. We're finished. We're good. And I'm reminded of, I think I've shared this anecdote before, but I think it applies here. And you inspired me to do it based on something I saw you post on Twitter today that I think I retweeted. The late great R.C. Sproul uh, told a story once um, when he was a, a new teacher at a seminary. And they had one female student, very, you know, uh, conservative, orthodox, reform, you know, Uh, denomination. They had one female student in the entire in in the entire seminary. Now, she's not there because Rick Warren told her to go in there and challenge 2000 years of uh, uh, ecclesiastical orthodoxy. She comes to the school because she wants to marry a husband. She wants to serve it as that serves in ministry. She wants to serve it aside. You know, she wants to um, partner with a man who's serious about the gospel and figures what's a better place to meet such a husband than a seminary from a renowned Bible teacher in R.C. Sproul. Right. And and so R.C.'s classes, if you know, if, if, you, if you remember R.C. Sproul, but not surprisingly, were very hard. And so he had to grade on a curve. Otherwise, everybody was toast. Well, what happens when you grade on a curve and one person is way better than everybody else? What's it do to the bottom of the curve? It lifts it up, right? Makes it harder. OK, so turns out she was the smartest kid in the class. She was way better than everybody else. And what she scored on the first midterm was so high that the curve ended up having a lot of the guys at the bottom drop off and fail. So they get to the next, they get to the, they get to the next midterm test. She completely bombs it. And he knows, she knows the material. She's participating in discussions in class. She knows the material. She's not a bomb then. He calls and asks her to come to his private office during office hours to find out what's going on. Maybe there's a personal problem, an emotional issue. He's concerned for her. And so she shows up in her office and he pulls out her midterm because he hadn't given out the grades yet. And he goes, you know, you bombed this, right? She goes, yeah. He goes, you and I both know, you know, this material. Why did you bomb this? And she just begins to break down and sob. And I just, I just wanted to meet a husband. I thought this was the perfect place to come to study the word and to find a husband who wanted to be a righteous leader and to spend my life, you know, submitting to him and serving the gospel. That's what I wanted to do. But now no one will ask me out. I went, I came into this thinking as the only woman in the school, I'd have to, you know, I'd need, you know, stalker protection. Okay. As the lone uh, hen in the rooster house. Okay. Instead, no one will come near me. No one will ask me out. They all can't stand me because I, because I'm, they blame me for why they failed. 
And R.C. said, you know, even at a seminary, even here, you would think when people saw excellence, they would then turn to it and say, we need to be more like that or, or encourage others to be more like that. But even at a seminary, they resented it because it convicted them. Get where I'm going with this? And that's something that you tweeted out this morning. It made me think of that R.C. Sproul yeah. anecdote. What, what, what DeSantis is doing, whether he ends up winning a single delegate, what his candidacy has shown is that it was a lie that Trump had to make all these poor decisions because he had no choice. And people Amen. resent that being exposed yes. because it exposes that they're lying to you when they say that at the same time. And they'd rather just take him out back and proverbially stone him and destroy him so they can continue lying to you and then you can continue to get gaslighting videos from Mar-a-Lago accordingly. We are not here because Trump made a bunch of mistakes during arguably the worst crisis this country had faced since December 7th, 1941. We are here because of his refusal to accept the fact that he made all those mistakes to this very day. And now he wants to go an extra mile. In the same week he said, I did great things and don't regret any of it. And then turned right around and said, though, I would stop Democrats from doing everything I did. Why? How many of you knew what a Ron DeSantis was before COVID? How many of you could name the name, who knew the name of the governor of Florida before COVID? Because right when Trump puckered, he stepped up to the plate. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And instead of, you know what? I'm going to own up to my mistakes and then put out a video like I did last night. Instead, let's tear down the guy who did the right thing that exposes that I did what's wrong and then gaslight and lie about him at the same time. Because we aren't inspired by excellence nearly as much as we're offended by it. And that's the human condition east of Eden. Back here on the Steve Day Show, and this portion of the program is powered by our friends over at Birch Gold. As central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating employing the mark, I'm sorry, uh, the same for the U.S. as well. Uh, and the government could track every single purchase you make. Imagine a currency where you could not buy or sell. Never mind. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to the folks at Birch Gold. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar, like gold. 
and they want it held in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Learn if gold is right for you by texting Steve at 989-898. Text Steve at 989-898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold has been helping our listeners from the beginning. So text Steve to 989-898. Claim your free info kit on gold because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Text Steve at 989-898. All right, back here on the show. And we are joined in studio with a guy I've gotten to know here the last few months. And if, if anybody, frankly, is on a more desperate quest um, to just be completely um, uh, all by himself and alienated uh, than we are on this program. It's the gentleman here, and it's not just that he's wearing the jersey of a guy who could never win a Super Bowl despite throwing for 100,000 yards. <laughs> Although I like that you got into the spirit of Jersey Week, Tatum. I, I like that. I wanted to participate in Jersey Week, absolutely. And yeah. that, is, that is a sweet Dan Marino throwback you are wearing, by the way. That's right. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Very apropos that you're wearing the Redskins. I didn't intend to do this. I was I even a Redskin yeah. fan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I thought, you know what? Someone should remember there was once a white running back. And so I wore the John Riggins throwback. And I had no idea that you were going to take us back to Super Bowl 17. I remember that very well because I was a kid living in Florida. Fulton Walker, I believe, had yes. like the 98-yard yes. touchdown return. Yes. I remember. Yeah. yeah. But then John Riggins ran all over the Dolphins all and won the us. Super Bowl. All yeah. over. That was a year before Marino got there, of course. Yes. But, so David Woodley did, yeah. was the quarterback, yes. if I remember right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh. I was so sad. I cried for weeks. All right. So you're here because you and I got to know each other uh, through Hollywood. And one of the things we discovered in making the movie Nefarious is, I mean, obviously with with our filmmakers from Believe, they were already pretty connected in the faith-based filmmaking community because they came out of the Pure Flix uh, model and, and, and enterprise. But we actually found through the making of the movie that even beyond that really small group, you know, like the Irwin brothers and a few other people making these faith-based movies, there was actually a, a not insignificant kind of underground railroad, for lack of a better description, yeah. of conservatives working in Hollywood. And we discovered several of them during the post-production process. Uh, Justin Lemaster from the Babylon B. We, you know, we put him in our movie, and um, he's the he's the security guard uh, at the uh, at the shack when James goes and asks for a phone to right. call his girlfriend to stop an abortion, right? And so this is how you and I got to know one another. Yeah. I had no idea that I actually knew your family back here in Iowa at first. I didn't connect those dots. Yeah. Okay. okay? But we're joined by Tatum Shank, who is a glutton for punishment trying to stand for freedom while working in Hollywood. And the first thing I think we all want to ask you is, how does that work? Well, lately, not very well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was... Um, so about two years ago, I actually got fired for not taking that shot. Mm-hmm. And I literally got hired, and then they found out I hadn't taken the shot, so they fired me. So they were starting... And it was when all that was taking place. Everybody was getting blacklisted because they weren't taking the shot. There was no opportunities for us there as far as that goes right um so when that happened i mean we kind of saw it happening uh in real time because like i i kind of like a month before i was like what if something like this actually happens to one of us what mm-hmm. what do we do and that's well it happened to me and when that when they fired me we said look i can't be the only one this has happened to we've got to get the word out there and say hey look this is not right this is this is not the this is not okay so the next day we 
we, I mean, my wife was really great on social media following Roll Call for Freedom, Firefighters for Freedom, all the freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who's talking about this stuff in Hollywood? Yeah, well, everybody it, thought there wasn't any freedom in Hollywood, so no one had formed that organization. That's right. It, yes. it didn't exist. So we yeah. jumped on Instagram. We became Hollywood for Freedom the next day. We started posting videos and saying, hey, if this happened to you, reach out to us. And it just people started coming out of the work, woodwork thinking like, wow, I can't believe that somebody- Not had, just actors, but no. I mean, staffers, production people, Across costume the board. people, makeup people. Across the board, but no yeah. one, everybody was afraid to say something. Right, because Hollywood is this evil, like you know, left wing sort of like had noticed. Domin- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, so like we when we started speaking out, people like started reaching out, just like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Oh, I, I, I'm so thankful that you believe, you know, I, other people believe like I do. And we started holding events like in person, like this is the height of COVID, right? Everyone's running around with the, you know, like masks all over and just nonsense. We're meeting in person and having a, like it's like normal, right? Normal people, and people loved it because it was like gave them. A place to like connect and realize that you know they weren't alone there were other people that felt like they felt like them and and believed like them and that's how hollywood for freedom was born so was this community of kind of i guess closeted conservatives was it bigger than you thought prior to this event or were you already pretty aware I mean, there, there's been yeah. people, you know, Clint Eastwood, yeah. Kevin Costner's kind of flirted back and forth, Sylvester Stallone. There's a few, Kelsey Grammer, all right, yeah, that, yeah. that people that, that, that can obtain a certain level of stardom that they really can't be touched now, okay? Right. You know, I think Matthew McConaughey has even openly talked about it. He's not a conservative, he's just not a communist, you know, and he's openly talked in the past, I'm a big enough star now yeah. that I can openly talk about God and no one can do anything to me, right? right? Mm-hmm. All right, but outside of that really small group, yeah. were you surprised that... In, in the Hollywood community, there were as many of you as there turned out to be. Well, uh, yes and yes and no, I guess is really I, I, I kind of hate that answer if people say that, but it's true because it's like I know that I can't be the only one. This I, I, not everyone's crazy. Like mm-hmm. not everyone can be this crazy. So there was that, but then at the same time, it's like wow, people are really really reaching out and and but like you said, if you're not a name, you you're you can't say anything. Like I will tell you, I, I'll tell you after the show who it was. Okay, a major name you would know. Yeah. Two of them actually. Now, one of them doesn't matter. One, one of them now has gotten to be a big enough star. He doesn't care now, okay? But at the time, there were yeah. two big names in Hollywood when I was involved in trying to pass legislation around the country defining life at, as a person as a person from the moment of conception. Yeah. Two, big peop- two big Hollywood stars that everybody would know donated to these causes. We just could not out them for fear that they would get you know right. blacklisted. Now, one of right. them has become a big enough star. You can't be touched, and it won't surprise you if I said his name now. Yeah. But, but, you know, eight nine, 10 years ago that w- these names would have been surprises to people. Yeah. It was, well, I mean, and there's, so yeah, there's a lot of people like that, but, th- and that's, and you touched on it, right? People are afraid to say something because they don't want to get blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We don't care anymore. I don't, we, it doesn't matter if you blacklist us from Hollywood because we're not about Hollywood. We're about a new Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? We're creating a new space, a, a, a parallel economy, if you will, to what's going on there because we don't want to be subjected to their rules and their regulations and all that stuff that they've got in place. You know, it's, it's fi- literally just this year they finally dropped the, the, the mandates. Like they kept extending it. I think it was May. They finally literally like dropped them. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of come back because it's all set up and it'll take them two seconds to bring it all back. Mm-hmm. When's the next pandemic? Whenever the next major emergency, whatever, they're going to bring it back. We can't be beholden to that. We can't be subject to that. So we have to create our own universe over here, create our own projects, do projects like Nefarious, Sound of Freedom, mm-hmm. you know, all these, Jesus Revolution, you know, Christian films are getting better. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are? Yeah. So there's, there's, and there's a market for it. There's people that want to see it. And we just got to get the word out that, I mean, we're, we have 500 people in our database right now. And that's just word of mouth. 
mouth from just social media, this and that. And you have to type in Hollywood for Freedom all the way through because we're shadow banned like crazy on that, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You have to to find us. You have to type it all the way in. But so there's a huge there's a huge uh, audience out there that we can service and and bring movies to and things like you like again. I, I, Nefarious was amazing, incredible. Like I love that movie. You guys, so many props to you guys for getting that thing done. You know, at the height it of COVID. And it was not easy. I know. Height yeah. of COVID, right? Yeah. No mask mandates, no yep. vaccine protocols, all yep. that stuff. I love that. And, and, the, and the content of the movie obviously is, is, is huge, right? Because So ahead. once the jab comes out, they're using that to expose you guys. Yeah. Because now there's no such, the idea of being strategically hidden or closeted is out the window because it's just point blank. Are you going to in, risk injecting this poison or not? So in a way, they almost though did you a favor is what I hear you saying is because they 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 so put the boot to the throat. Now they kind of they've removed whatever fear you guys had of being outed because you were already were outed by the jab. So now you might as well coordinate with each other and and create a movement and work together when before maybe you guys were like in pockets of free agents and and could be picked off individually. And now that you're out in the open, now you guys can actually work together and do our own thing, Mm -hmm. create our own projects and make content that has a moral compass and it has no woke agenda. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, all that propaganda and nonsense that's in every Hollywood movie you see now we don't need that anymore people don't want that anymore and we have to create that other that other universe where we can create those projects and those con- and that content for people to gravitate to and here's the thing like you're saying like people want to see that right nefarious like and look I told you this early on like uh, I, I know what it had a little slow start in the theater but you guys were up against a bunch of challenges but mm-hmm. it it will find its audience it mm-hmm. will continue to have an audience instilled even to this day like nefarious you know it's going to have more of an audience mm-hmm. as you can see like mm-hmm. what you're doing stuff coming up so which mm-hmm. is awesome but but we and we're a part of that right Hollywood for freedom is about that kind of thing right there providing you know and I was talking to Chris even like we had several conversations like, Chris man. Jones one of our producers yeah yep. so if, if he said man if I knew you guys were around we could just staffed our whole movie with you, you put up but the thing we, we were literally getting bored as opposed right? to having a, a the, the union attempt to ambush us with a strike and a right to work that's right space state and now we're trying to make a film in three weeks on a skeleton crew that's right and it, it, I, I wonder how good the film might have been if we actually had our crew I mean it's amazing how good it is with the skeleton crew we actually right. had to work with you know right and well and that's the thing like and I was so I, I'm talking to Chris I'm like yeah, but we were we were literally forming the time you guys I mean it was October 2021 you got mm-hmm. shot like in November I think yep. right? Something, yeah so yeah. like we we weren't really in existence yet but we're there now we're a, we're a 501c4 which means people can donate and and support us without being a, having a fear of like exposing themselves right mm-hmm. like the, you know because people are still there's still people that want to uh, you know keep Here, here's my question tatum do you yeah. have enough do you have enough diversity of skill that if i were because i had a call with the uh, people at lore tv they're yep. trying to mm-hmm. start kind of an Angel Studios kind of a model. Yeah. There's Angel Studios. Yeah. There's the Daily Wire is, uh, I think they've invested, or they raised like over $100 million to do original content. Mm-hmm. We've dipped our toe in the water a little bit so far this year we, at, at the Blaze with some of this. Might do more. In the, there's clearly yeah. more of a move on the right to do original yeah. content and mm-hmm. entertainment. Could someone go to your organization and create almost a be, between? I'm talking key grip, best boy, yep. pr- principal yes. photographer, makeup. Yes. Could I outfit an entire right of center production with just your Rolodex as it stands right now? Yes. And here's the, there's there's one there's one key position that is really hard to find, and it's it's um like a, a UPM, mm-hmm. like they kind of run the whole thing, and it's very specific, and and it's like uh that's hard. That's kind of hard to find. 
but otherwise we have uh, every position is there. Because that's key. Because yeah. otherwise you end up yeah. no. not like the chosen where you've got, you know, rainbow and trans flags on set. Yeah. Because you got to use people that don't agree. We had two, too. Yeah. I mean, not everybody agreed with everything that we were putting on film um, from an ideological standpoint. Yeah. But if we're going to make the film that requires infrastructure. OK. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I think this is a key thing, if, if you want to get in this space and, you know, I'm always amazed at who listens to the show. Um, um, you know, you had uh, Dallas Jenkins, who is the mind, the brainchild, or the, or the yeah. mastermind behind the chosen, just happened to be listening to our show one day and heard us talking about it. Yeah. Okay, and and contacted me. If you want to get in, and this, so this is this is why I wanted to have you on. Yeah, not just if you're wearing a cool throwback jersey. If, if you want to get in this space and take it from someone who executive produced a film, the challenges of there's a reason why there's a reason why Lionsgate. We'll, we'll make movies like I Can Only Imagine and Jesus Revolution. And those are great movies and I love them. But those movies talk about personal transformation of the Christian faith. When we then want to make content about how I take my faith and now impact the world with it, like Sound of Freedom, for example, yeah. you know, Caviezel's character says throughout, why am I doing this? Because God's children are not for sale. It's, mm. I've got a conviction, okay? And I'm going to impact culture with it. What happens in Nefarious? Those are the movies now that the lion's gates of the world don't want to distribute. OK, yeah. when you want to take your faith now and have an impact with it, not just have your faith impact you, which is the first step in your own journey. OK, is your own transformation. But now because you've been transformed, you want to make you want to do a story about how you're going to go out there and transform the larger world with what you were transformed with. The studios don't want any part of that. Like Sony's a firm. Uh, they canceled Kurt Cameron's movie from last year, his pro-life movie, because the baby was not aborted, was not aborted. And that's why he was put up for adoption. And Sony didn't want to promote that film. And so they had to do a Fathom event independently instead. This is where, can you make the movie? That's why Sound of Freedom sat on a shelf for five years. That's why it was so hard for us to get out there as well. Yeah. All right. If you can make this content, if you guys can provide the vast bulk of the infrastructure to pull this stuff off. Yeah. So if, you're, if you are at the Daily Wire, any of the places that are making this kind of content, or you want to get involved, you're at Angel Studios, you're at Lord mm -hmm. TV, all right? you want to make content for platforms like that. But then the, when it comes down to how do we make it? Where's the crew come from to pull this off? If you guys are telling me you have yeah. the ability to, to outfit a lot of that, then make sure we got about a minute and a half left. Give out the information one yeah. more time of where people can find you. Yeah, well, HollywoodForFreedom.com is a website. You can go there uh, and connect with us there. But Lure TV, we've talked with uh, Dallas uh, uh, Sonier, Bonfire Legend with mm -hmm. The Daily Wire. We've mm -hmm. been in contact. Yes, Good. if we have a contact with them, uh, Jared, we just helped the Babylon Bee uh, send a bunch of actors his way for something. They're, they're Good. And, and he was like, he was talking to me. He's like, I'm so, I can't believe the amount of talent you guys have in your pool. Like, mm -hmm. so yes, it's there. Like you're saying, like we can staff, we have the actor, we have the talent. And this is the thing. It's just getting that side, the people that can get a project done, connecting them with the production companies, the investors and the distributors. That's the, that's what Hollywood for Freedom is. That's that connection point. That's what we want to do. We want to connect all those, all, all those right, sides. What about somebody living, listening right now, yeah. really quick. They want to go out to Hollywood yeah. and they want to either get involved in making films on the production side, they want to get in or, or content, they want to get involved in being in front or behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Can you guys help them as guide them as well where that where that is concerned if they're interested in that? Yeah, they gotta reach out to us. They gotta go to the website, Hollywood for Freedom, connect with us, send us an email. We're 
we're backlogged right now on responding to people because that's how much like you know people that are talking yep. reaching out to us so we got a lot of but we we are responding to every single person that's that's reaching out and um we want to make those connections right i mean i just talked to a guy that was in florida the, the other day that he's looking and he, he found us through somebody else and it's it's all about that getting the word out right i mean we need and we need that we need like investors to, to catch our vision see what we're doing and then support us right so we can take care of the daily operation type stuff and folks this is this is I know we focus on the political arena, but I'm just telling you, this is ground zero of the culture war. Popular culture is the most powerful, influential platform in America. I got a call over the weekend from one of the Robertsons. Think about this. A decade ago, they had the number one show on this continent. And now they've got the theaters trying to squeeze them out now in advance of their movie coming out later this month, just like what we faced. Okay, because they don't want they they don't want Phil's story out there in the theaters either. The (laughs) fight here to get for us to influence this space is critical. The enemy is going to hold on to this thing with his scaly, cold, dead fingers. And so the more that we can help one another and encourage one another and network with one another, I think this is key. I think this is the last place left in America where people let you try to change their minds and persuade them. All right. Storytelling. And so one more time, what's the website, Tatum, before we let you go? Hollywoodforfreedom.com. So it's Hollywood, the number four, freedom.com. And you got to go there, connect with us. And look, it's a Christ-rejecting sinful world that we're living in. And Hollywood and D.C. are the epicenters of that. Preach. You know what I mean? And we have to do something. Hollywood, the number four, freedom.com. Hollywood. Hollywood, the number four, freedom.com. Hollywoodforfreedom.com. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. We'll come back. Theology Thursday is next. Stay tuned. Back here with Hour 2 here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Dace with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. If you are a podcast listener, thank you. We'd love to find your five-star review on our podcast page. If you've yet to do that, please consider doing so. If you already have, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Also, uh, hit subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes, and that'll make sure that every new episode we do immediately drops into your feed so you don't miss one, because why would you want to go and do a thing like that? This part of the show brought to you by Relief Factor. If you are dealing with chronic pain, what do I mean by that? The term, there's two kinds of pain, clinical and chronic. Clinical means you've got something medically wrong that needs a specific kind of medical treatment. Chronic means you have something wrong that is the result of too much inflammation in your body. If you can deal with it all naturally, sometimes you can't, but if you can, you should always try to do so. That's why Relief Factor was created. It is a drug-free anti-inflammatory, but it was created by physicians who can prescribed drugs. Why? Well, because they understand that, hey, we have a lot of great drugs with modern medicine these days, but if you use too many of them, that can be a trade-off that can tax other organs and systems in the body. And so if there is a natural means to deal with something, there not always is, but if there is, take advantage of it. They're 70% confident Relief Factor is that answer for you. 
Now, where did I get that number from? Because over the years, when they do this three-week quick start, you can start it for three weeks for 20 bucks just to see if you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less. 70% of the people see so many results in those three weeks, they stick around long term. So if you want to you call them on it, hey, I'm going to call your hand. I'm not so sure you guys are as good. I've tried everything else. I'm not sure this will work. Why not for just 20 bucks, see if you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Or you can call them at 804, the number four, 804 relief. Theology Thursday, we are down into the final furlong here with Kingdom Politics Returning God to Government by Dr. Tony Evans. And, oh boy. This week, we are doing the, uh, the voting of Kingdom Citizens. And I am reminded, I mean, this has been this has been said in several contexts through the centuries. Jefferson put it this way. Um, you you get the very you deserve the very government you voted for, basically, is how Jefferson put it. Calvin said that God permits wicked leaders to punish the people. Uh, there was a um, a French philosopher in the post-Enlightenment, who said something that is often ascribed to Calvin, but it's not his. This French philosopher said it. Um, you get the government you deserve, is how he put it. I think of all those things as we talk about the voting of kingdom citizens. And I'm going to start off with a, with a portion of this chapter that stood out to me, guys, and I'll hand it off to you. This is Dr. Evans speaking. If we are going to see God intervene and inject himself in the affairs of a collapsing society in a devastated nation like ours, then we need to return to him. I'm not talking about returning to him by simply throwing his name around or saying more public prayers. Rather, we must return to him in a way that embraces his person and his policies at the level that he can then influence the culture. It is only then that we will experience his healing presence in our lives, churches, and in our nation. The further God is removed from the life of an individual, from the definition of a family or from the running of a church, the more chaotic those entities will become. The more chaotic those entities become then influences the level of chaos in the culture. God is not a cure addendum we toss around so that we can feel spiritual. God longs to be intricately involved in all we do say and especially in the running of our nation. The theme of the Bible is the glory of God throughout the expansion of his kingdom. God is concerned primarily about one thing, that he be glorified and his kingdom expanded. Let me repeat that. God is concerned primarily about one thing, that he be glorified and his kingdom expanded. Once you leave that, you've left the theme of the Bible. And once you've left the Bible, you've left God. The Bible is clear that God rules over all Psalm twenty two twenty eight states, it states it like this: For dominion, for dominion, belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. Yesterday, I talked about my concerns of idolatry sweeping the right. We, we've already, the left has already been lost to it in America. 
And when I say this, I'm not speaking of every individual person. I'm talking systemically. Like the conversation we just had with Tatum Shank from Hollywood's for Hollywood for Freedom. For every Matthew McConaughey out there on the left, he's outnumbered a million to one. Fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's always remnants. There's always exceptions. Okay. I'm talking at a systemic level. Idolatry has swept the left in the West. They are worshipers now of themselves, the state, raw power, government. They have determined that their ideology gets to edit God, if not supplant him. That's idolatry. My concern is that increasingly, because once idolatry gets in, gains a foothold in a culture. I think I've in the past, I've compared it, it and things like postmodernism, which are manifestations of it. I've compared it to like a swarm of locusts, right? Well, I'll use another analogy. <clears throat> There's a lion on the, out in the Serengeti and he just got done mauling three antelope, feasting on them and then puking it up to feed his cubs the, 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 the remains. That's how they feed their children, okay? And all of a sudden, you know, half hour, hour later, I mean, he's already taken three, three full-bodied antelopes down, man. He's had a, a Thanksgiving triple header, this, this, this lion has. He's good. To the point he's throwing up, he's gorged and then threw up and is feeding the throw up to his cups. Okay. Hour later or so, an injured antelope, a lame antelope, begins limping across the Serengeti in his view. Does that lion say, you know what? I'm going to let this one pass. I'm full. And man, I just really got to cut down on the gluten. Is that what the lion does? What does that lion do? Instinct. Doesn't have a soul. Not making those moral calculations. Instinct takes over. And so what will a lion do? Attack. He's a predator. He will behave accordingly. That's what he will do. He'll attack. It's his instinct. That's the way idolatry works in a culture. We have essentially ignored what's written on our souls. We've exchanged the truth for a lie. We've ignored it. We've, we've shut it down. We've, we've, we've stifled it. We've hidden it so that we can now behave on our own instincts like the lion. We remove the Imago Dei, or, or we can't remove it. We ignore it. We reject it. We reject the Imago Dei so that we can now act on instinct. My column that's out for the blaze today is about the tranny mob. Now, we are dealing with literal demons trying to destroy our children. They are legion, for they are many. And for us to defeat them, we're going to have to be even more. And I'll often see people on our side make arguments like, I think Don Jr. was making this argument. Trump Jr. was making this argument a few months ago. Hey, man, if you want to be a transvestite, that's your thing. Just leave the kids alone. I don't understand why I have to go after the kids. Didn't he say that on a show or a podcast? I think we talked about it at the time mm-hmm. earlier this year. The problem is he lacks a biblical worldview, so he's completely misunderstanding of his own enemy. Because they gave themselves over to rejecting their Imago Dei, they, they, they're, give, they're given over now. And so there will be no, well, it's an adult. They get to do what they want and we'll leave the kids alone. No, no, no. 
No. They're the mob outside of Lot's house. Here, rape my daughters. No, that's not good enough. There's literally, these are the only few guys in the community we haven't sodomized yet, so bring the angels out so that we can uh, anally rape them. That's what you're dealing with. This idea that there's degrees or measures of sinfulness once it gains a collective foothold in a culture is not true. That is a lie that we tell ourselves because we like the sin that the culture is embracing. We enjoy it. And then that's a lie that the enemy tells us until he gains the foothold that he wants and then we're letting the freak flag fly. That's the pattern. And that's where we are now. The freak flag is flying everywhere you go. Everywhere. So there's never going to be like the deal. And I love your, you know, I've even proposed it after you brought it up. Let's, let's propose to the abortionists. Okay, fine. All right. Since we always want, you guys always want to argue with us about these precious exemptions. Okay. We'll give you, we're going to go ahead. Federal legislation, we're going to ban all abortions. Um, except for rape, incest, and life of the mother, which is what you say you want. Okay. Everyone else gets banned. Would they take that deal? Never. Never. Never take that deal. I mean, Jen Psaki was on uh, Twitter after Ron DeSantis in the debate last week pointed out that Democrats don't want are, are fine with abortion up in post birth. And she went out there and said, that's not true. I love how Ben Shapiro responded to her. He, he retweeted Jen Psaki with this response. Very well. Kindly begin listing your favorite abortion restrictions. Real quiet. I mean, quiet is kept. There aren't any because mm-hmm. DeSantis told the truth. They just didn't want that truth out there. There is no measured response. That's why, you know, I was reading an article today where Trump tried to convince Tudor Dixon, the Michigan Republican gubernatorial nominee last year, to moderate on abortion to win. The guy who overturned Roe. As if, as if after you overturned Roe, you're the guy that overturned Roe versus Wade. You're Donald Trump. You're enemy number one. As if you can then go back after smashing the shibboleth of the damned in their face, like smashing it in their face and rubbing their nose in it. You can then go back to those very same people and say, but let's go ahead and take a more moderate position. No, no, there is no moderate position. Either a kid is dead or alive. A child cannot be. Well, Steve, there's the old Reagan axiom. 80% enemy is not my or 80% friends, not my 20% enemy. You know anybody who's 80% alive? You ever found anybody throughout human history that's ever been 80% alive? Mitch McConnell. <laughs> All right, you're alive or you're dead. It's an either or, guys. So, so either because we don't want to be like a King Josiah and go to the high places and tear those down. B, we like what's going on in the high places, so we kind of want to sneak in there on our own and get our own jollies off. Um, or C, um, we just don't understand our enemy. We are lulled into this idea that there's a compromont, that there is a place where some of this can be accommodated so we can all still find a way to live together, and there isn't. Not because you're not willing to offer a compromise. Oh, I think if there's anything we have proven in our comfort, we're, off, we're willing to offer all kinds of compromises. Yeah. It's just none will be granted from evil. Evil is not going to offer us anything. Can't just wear a mask on... T- no, no, you're going to wear it uh, all the time in your car alone, always, this- all or nothing. This, by the way, remember, is the point of the bacon cheeseburger to the last. Yes. No compromises. Yeah, they hate you. The the, the forces at work in this culture are demonic, and they hate you. They hate you because God loves you. They hate you because you're made in God's image. And so they're just out to destroy you. Destruction for destruction's sake. The lie is the point, as Todd likes to say. 
This is all on purpose. There is no point where they're going to say, you know what, that's a reasonable take. We're in. No. Not happening. And we're, we're losing because, on the right because we're not, we're not drawing these distinctions that, that often. And instead, we're, we're, now, we're now weaning in and leaning into idolatry. I mean, if you look at this primary, for example, I mean, Donald Trump has historic accomplishments that he could run on and say, that's why I've earned your vote. Instead, most of his campaign is, here's what you owe me. To the point that even like his rival candidates are being held to a standard of what they owe the guy they're running against. It's about what he's owed, not about what you're owed. I believe that didn't the government begin, we the people? Yes. Or to begin this the leadership class, this the fearless, this the fearless leader. Sort of we the people. What's what's populist about the entire thing is here to serve one person? Nothing. That's idolatry, actually. I can come up with all kinds of reasons to vote for Donald Trump again. And if he's if he somehow navigates his way through forty one indictments, although I remain dubious of that ability, but if he somehow manages his way, four hundred and thirty three days from today, to weave his way through forty one indictments to be on the ballot, we have to win this next election. I'm going to vote for him a couple times, okay? Like a couple times a hundred, probably, okay? Because we have to win. And I'm not, I don't think I have to compromise anything to make that choice. The guy, even though he doesn't want to claim credit for it now, is responsible for the greatest win of my lifetime, the overturning of Roe. And the country was much better than it was under his, it was much better the first three years of his presidency than it has been the three years since he left the White House. That, that's all I need. That, I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. good. I made my case. And I can do that without fawning, slobbering, slurping. I don't have to do any of those things. Very sober case. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I, 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 listen to me when I say this. If tomorrow Ron DeSantis announces, guys, I've got a new campaign hire, Laura Loomer, totally taking my endorsement back. Doesn't matter what he did. I'm out. That's such, an, that's such a low character, knuckle dragging, soulless hack. I don't want, a part, I don't want to be a part on, on that level. Again, if he's the nominee, given his record, I'll vote for him. But I'm not going to align on a personal level with that. That goes against a biblical worldview. I'm not going to do that. And I say that as somebody who has been as vocal in his support of DeSantis so far in the month of August as anybody with a platform has been. Because why am I supporting Ron DeSantis? Uh, he's just a really chummy guy. I like the way he handles his rig. He can finger roll. He's, the, he's God's anointed. No, he did a lot of things that I really believe in and like. And if somebody else had done them, I would be supporting them instead. That's it. That's it. There's ways to do this without idolatry. We are running out of them. And in fact, we're embracing it, actually. Like I said yesterday, if Mike Pence had said all the same things about COVID Donald Trump did on Glenn Beck's show, it would be an article on every major conservative news website. It would be discussed on every major conservative podcast. It would be all over War Room and all those MAGA shows. But since Trump said it, crickets. Just going to act like it didn't happen and move on. That's idolatry. That's a form of idolatry. Whenever you change truth, because ultimately God is truth. And all truth is God's truth. Whenever you train, change truth to conform to this world, you have made something in this world a God and are therefore an idolater. 
And just like I said yesterday, God will not share his glory with another. And that's exactly what Dr. Evans is talking about here in what I just read. Gentlemen, what stood out to you about this chapter? So you read the exact excerpt that I was going to read. Great minds you think made, alike. You made several of the observations uh, that I was going to make as well. I will say voting. It's, it's, it's a strange thing. We make it into something that it should not be. We diminish it in, in, some, respo- in some respects as well. But I would say the act of voting either reveals how you are acting on your conscience or reveals the lack of a conscience in many cases. So for me back in 2016, my decision not to vote for Donald Trump was a conscious decision. What was laying on my conscious consciousness was, hey, I, I just don't think a guy of his character, I, I just don't see how God could use him in our politics, in our political system, to bring about righteousness. I don't see how there's any chance of that. That was what was on my conscious, uh, con- conscience, I should say. It's one conscious and conscience, uh, conscience are really hard words for me. So that was, that was the math that I went in, uh, into with 2016. In 2020, I was proven wrong on a number of things. And I could, in good conscience, vote for him in 2020 because he did some things that I just did not think that he could do. How are those things, how do those things uh, coexist? Well, we saw that God actually could use him for righteousness, despite his own personal and uh, moral and character failings. We saw that. Increasingly, though, we are going to be in this dilemma as believers, I believe. We are going to be in a dilemma of we're not voting for somebody or we're not voting for something. We are voting for what is the best chance of this something, righteousness Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. In a functioning system, in a God-fearing society, we should be able to have clear-cut options. Are we voting for righteousness or are we not? But increasingly, we are just going to be voting for, do we have the chance of righteousness happening? That's a huge, that's a, there's a huge chasm between those two things. We're basically voting for what gives us the best chance versus this is the clear answer. Hmm. And so that's the dilemma. But as idolatry creeps in as well, on both sides, I'll just go back to what I, I led off with. Voting either reveals your actions upon your conscience, acting upon your conscience, or it reveals the lack thereof. I'm just voting for this person because uh, I get my jollies off, or that's just what I do because I fit into this demographic, or um, any number of things that are out totally outside of what God's design for this world that we live in are. So... We are embarking on some, it's not really uncharted territory anymore, but we're just getting deeper into that uncharted territory. Hmm. He, he very much makes the argument that you've made in the last couple of days about the, uh, under a, when you have a healthy social compact, even with the party you, you uh, don't belong to, tend to disagree with, it's all okay. They, they function 
uh, as a balance uh, to one another and, and the public at large. They very much function in the same way that the founding fathers wanted to set up all of government, local, state, federal, judicial, executive, uh, um, uh, legislative, all balancing uh, one another. The problem comes with parties, as Tony said, is when you decide to make them magical in and of themselves. This is the magic R problem. Idolatry. Yes, it is idolatry, and he makes it... So it's the same thing. If you don't make a magic, there's... There's a dance to all this. I mean, from the beginning, different ideas coming together, putting on the table, arguing out, understanding, valuing that process. Uh, the cream rises to the top. If, if, and you have to assert, if there is any genuine real magic, you've got to make it abundantly clear over and over and over again. Iron sharpens iron, a biblical concept. What you can't do, and this is just, if just state, local, or federal were magic in and of themselves, that's what we'd have. If legislative, judicial, executive were magic in and of themselves, that's what we have. But we have the balance. Tony says the balance is just fine even when others are wrong because there's a process to filter it out. I bring, I, I explain it that way because I think there's providential timing once again with the show in terms of Oliver Anthony, because he uh, had a uh, video, another video, uh, I don't know, it was about a week ago that a bunch of Republicans I saw taking uh, exception to because he was asked a question. He says, I know a lot of people, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, Republicans, people on the right, what have you are uh, really getting behind uh, my song and things like that. And he, he says, but, and he basically goes to St. Paul in Romans, Stephen. I know you love this part about so much. But yeah, um, uh, I'm not in their fan club either. I'm not about to be co-opted uh, co by Team GOP. That's probably how he got on Rogan. Uh, uh, yeah, well, Would probably that more so than the song. It's probably that second and I, statement. And yeah. I'm, I was rejoicing when he said that. I agree. Amen. Now maybe I missed something in the rest of the interview that I might take it, but I was rejoicing because, and it's only all the more with what we heard from him today. He's like, I have a pearl of great price, and I am not sacrificing it out to anybody's scam. Nobody's. This is first and foremost. And then if you come along with whatever jersey you got on and you bend the knee to this, hey, we can play ball. That guy was right there. Oliver Anthony uh, it, it is preaching the Steve Day Show ethic right there. No respecter of persons other than the Lord, my Savior, right there. And that's what Tony's getting at right here. Heck, I'm, I am, I am, th this is the point Steve makes about Bobby Kennedy Jr. I'll listen. I'll listen. You're breaking all of this silly idolatry that's held us down. We, we will check that D box no matter what it says or believes. I will check that R box no matter what it says or believes. No. Any man or woman who says they want to blow that up is somebody at least I can start having a conversation with. Amen. That's what Tony said. That's what Oliver's saying. That's what Bobby Kennedy's saying. That's what Steve Dace is saying. I think here's the we want to make sure. We're not telling you you can't be an active participant in a political party. No. In fact, we would love for you to be. Notice I said participant. Um, I didn't. I didn't say uh, in a. It, it, it's just wear it like a symbiote. 
I mean, we can make idols out of anything. We can make idols out of anything. We can make the church into an idol. Now, you know, I, uh, the church needed me to, you know, walk the grounds and pick up trash. So I'm, I missed my kid's game for the seventh, you know, week in a row. Uh, no, some, you're the only person in the church. No one else can walk around the church, but you're not that, you're not that indispensable for the church. You know where you are indispensable for your kid? Go to the game. We can take anything and turn that into an idol. We can turn anything into an idol. Our hearts are idol-making factories. The, the question is, can you get involved without succumbing to it? Very similar to what Paul says about if you're helping someone through their sin, make sure you don't become a party to it. You don't get sucked into that sin, right? And so are you able to get involved without, you know, conforming to that structure? Because ultimately, if you do that, then you've made the decision that that structure is God. Whatever you're conforming to, like Paul says, you'll be a servant to something, to the world or to Christ. Everybody is a servant to something. So you're either serving something, in every situation, you're either serving God or something else. And whatever else you're serving in that situation, you have made into your God in that situation. I just think the amount of people that are capable right now, and it's not even your fault or our fault as a culture, it's the state of the church. I mean, but I understand he may not speak correctly as often as you want. But six months ago, Oliver Anthony was contemplating suicide in a depression, in a depressive pit. Six months later, he's on the largest show in this hemisphere, reading the Bible out loud. (laughs) I'm sorry he's not the perfect finished product for you. I'm sorry he hasn't been fitted yet for his sweater vest. I'm sorry he didn't make sure to pleat his khakis in his hotel room before he showed up at Rogan's mysteriously hidden studio. Okay? But you know what he did do? He showed up with an open Bible and preached to the largest audience in this hemisphere. And arguably the most influential voice in America today. The host of that show heard it and said, that is profound. In other words, he didn't go there and just slurp all over Rogan. Didn't go over there just fawn all over it. I can't believe I got invited to the biggest show. How cool is this? I've arrived. You know, I want to make sure I please him. I want to make sure I, 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 I pet him. I want to make sure he likes me. Dude brought his Bible to the show that treats pot like a food group. He's not an idolater. So too you are called. Yes. I'm 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 sorry. If if you post in your Twitter in your in your social media account vax free, pure blood and then are angrier at me for for pointing out Donald Trump funded Operation Warp Speed, then you are at him for funding it. You're an idolater. That's a totally different question than whether to vote for him or not. There's a lot of good reasons to vote for him. But you have turned him into more than a politician. You have made him your God. And God is not going to compete for your affection with Donald Trump or Joe Rogan or Steve Dace, your pet sin, your pet fetish, your pet hobby, or anything else. All idols get smashed in this life or the next.
All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. You need to start taking care of your liver more than ever before. The latest data shows adults with fatty liver three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. And there could be up to 100 million Americans struggling with fatty liver right now, which means a lot of you in this audience could be at risk. Why? Well, we put our liver through a lot. Um, everything from cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes, do that over the course of a lifetime. And when you're talking about one of the key organs in the body responsible for 500 functions every day, that, that can be a problem as we get older. And that's why you're looking for the liver health formula from Pure Health Research. It's an all-natural supplement containing 12 clinically proven botanicals that will help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the USA, approved by American doctors. You can try it now at getliverhelp.com Steve. Getliverhelp.com Steve. You can even claim a free gift if you do. A free bottle of nano-powered omega-3s to keep your heart healthy at the same time. So the free gift and the liver health formula when you go to getliverhelp.com slash steve again getliverhelp.com slash steve it is time for three non-political questions we all have questions who am i why am i here where am i going who am i a search and a question of identity why am i here a question of meaning and purpose where am i going question of destiny some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Indeed, it's that time again. Time for three non-political questions. And for that, as always, we welcome in my oldest daughter. We can now officially call her mom. How are we doing, mom? Good. How are you doing, dad? I'm doing very well, sweetheart. All right, you have three non-political questions for us. I hope yes, they are I good. I really like the second one. I think you guys will hate it. So I'm excited to get to that one. That means that, that could mean the other two are not that good, guys. <laughs> no, the, I think you'll like the one, the first one and the third one. But the second one, I think, will, is just for fun. Okay. All right. For funny. Let's let it rip. You got the floor. So my first question for you guys is if you could visit your past self at any age what age would you pick and what would you say? Uh, if I could visit my past self at any age, what age would I pick and what would I say? I mean, I made so many mistakes. The thing is, if I undid them, I might not have learned the lessons that I learned that led me to where I'm at now. Um, would you visit yourself on election night and tell yourself not to wear red? <laughs> you mean like six months ago or a year ago? Yes. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't get your hopes up, kid. That was last year. Yes. Um, here's, you know what? Let me do this, I guess. Um, I guess I would go to my 20-something self and say, don't become 400 pounds because the amount of effort it'll take to undo this is extraordinary. So, you know, stay out of the drive-through. Maybe that's what I'd say. I'd go back and do that, okay? Because the rest of my mistakes, you know, I don't know, life might have turned out differently. I might not be here. You might not be here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... What is something that I would I would do that would be... No, you know what? I know. The more I think about it, I, I know what it is. 
do not take the day after the 2016 Iowa caucus is off. Don't do it. Don't take the day off. Don't. Get up the next morning. Babysit the campaign the whole day. So that you don't come in 8 o'clock that night. And Aaron is prep prepping. We did a nighttime show for Salem back then, 9 to midnight. I get in at 8 o'clock to do the show. And I see on the monitor that used to be on that wall up there, the hook is still up there for see. it. I see Bob Vanderplatz up there talking about whether we stole the Iowa caucuses from Ben Carson or not. And I'm like, what in the bleep is this? That's what I would tell myself. Do not take the day after the 2016 caucuses off. Babysit the cruise campaign all the way out of Iowa. Don't take your eye off it at all. Babysit it all the way out of Iowa. Okay. Because I could have maybe, I could have probably nipped that thing in the bud about 9, 10 in the morning rather than let this thing become a thing by that evening and then we never ever put the genie back in the bottle. So that's what I would do. Don't sleep in. Don't turn off your phone. Don't think we won. We're good. I deserve a day. You don't. No days off. Sleep when we're dead and um, do not take your eye off the cruise campaign the day after the Iowa caucuses. That's what I do. My recollection is slightly different of that day. I mean, it's all the same, but I, all the same, the, the end point is all the same. We actually taped that show so that we could actually have that night off. And I remember you were in a really good mood that day. Yeah. Because your guy won, thanks to your help, in large part, or at least in part. But I'm watching this happen, actually, in the, in the little booth over here that we don't really use anymore. I'm watching this happen this narrative get built. I'm like, does Steve not see this? Like, why is he not angry? No, I had not seen it. Why, why is he happy? That's, that's my recollection. Cause I had not day. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I literally <laughs> took the day off. I hung out, slept in, relaxed. I mean, we had worked so many 16 hour days, man, up until caucus night. And, uh, yeah, I'd go back and stop myself from Assuming that I could take my eye off of that campaign for even five minutes, let alone 10 hours. Todd. I think about this the same way you do. I don't like, I, I feel like I'm in a Marvel movie or, and I need to be lectured about hot time the time machine and what happens, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I mean, I, especially here's, It'd probably be more easy if I, like Steve, didn't feel like my cup runneth over, but it does. So I, I, I don't, I did this. I don't mean to be a, a Jesus juke, but you know, like I, to the degree that I've been humbled and bend in my knee the most and realized I am not God and I must worship him is those were the, some of the biggest course correct, even if no one else could see them, but me, even though if the sin was not even of the mortal kind was of the venial kind you just were so humbled by it so um i i promise you i will think about it more and give one specifically to you if like right now i actually feel like i don't want to say something dumb because i think i might regret mm -hmm. it honestly mm -hmm. aaron oh i go back to circa january of 2011 or 2012 I'm driving my 95 Toyota Camry back from Christmas vacation with the family north to Minnesota. And it started to snow, and I thought it was lightly. 
But I thought, hey, it's like snow. You know, I don't have new tires on the car. Let me just leave it in cruise control. That didn't end well. I probably should have died. <laughs> I ended up in the median. I got home that night, drove home that night. I got pulled out pretty quickly, but that was not a good decision, and I probably should have died. That was not a good decision. No. You know what else wasn't a good decision? What? Um, whatever you did to get your car stolen by... Um, I still don't know what that Hypersexual means. vagrants that did unseemly things in that vehicle, and the smell <laughs> remained for how many months after? Oh, it remained for about a year. Yeah. About a year and a half. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing. Don't know what they were doing. Don't know how they... Don't know how they got my keys still to this day. I guess they fell out of my pocket in my apartment. I, and then the, the best thing was I showed up about a block east of Merle Hay Mall. Showed up. Des Moines police is there. Oh, yeah, those guys are U.S. Marshals. Don't worry about them. I'm like, can I, how, how did you, oh, don't worry about it. How did you, how, can, you, can you tell me how this happened? Oh, don't worry about it. And then I got a, a, a letter from the West Des Moines police uh, office about a week later. Hey, sorry, we couldn't find your car. I'm like, yeah, it's because the U.S. Marshals found it. Dimwits. Government is a is a well-oiled machine around <laughs> here and everywhere else, Aaron. All right, question two. Okay, so you guys know, like, in Marvel with Bucky and everything, how they had to, like, metal, like, trap his eyes open and they, like, forced him to watch something to, like, mind control him or whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clockwork Orange, sure. Okay, so which one would you rather watch if that was happening to you? Wh- which form of torture would yes. I rather be subjected to? Okay. Okay, so 24 hours of Dylan Mulvaney TikToks. Oh, my gosh. Or 24 hours of the Bros movie on repeat. Oh, my gosh. What's the Bros movie? That's the one, with the, the, the gay rom-com from last year. Oh. Where the kids were talking about the bottoms menu, and, every, and it bombed, and then they oh. said that it, it only bombed because oh. you're all a bunch of homophobes. Then. Yeah. Probably, probably Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, to be fair, Lindsey Graham can only buy so many tickets, but... Um, I remember when you had me make a meme of that movie for you, of like the two of them in bed. Yeah. And I'm like at the family leader offices and I feel like I'm doing something bad. You're violating the company code. <laughs> I feel like, I like remember putting my computer on my lap and like huddling around my desk and like people would come and I'd like close my computer like I was doing something By the way, wrong. just completely off, completely <laughs> off subject. You guys see Axios has a story today about concerns that Tim Scott is uh, mysteriously unmarried. Anyway, uh, back to your question. Um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, I mean, I just, oh my gosh. Just agreeing to be executed is not an option. I mean, that's not an option. No. Gosh. That actor in the Bros movie is so. Honestly, (laughs) he's more obnoxious than Dylan. He's not caricature. Like, he's. Yeah, that's really how he is. He's just. I think. This has got to like violate the Geneva Convention or something. <laughs> I mean, in terms of torture methods, I oh my gosh, I guess. Oh man, I mean this is this is hard. <laughs> I mean this is really hard. Um, I guess I'd go with Dylan Mulvaney. I guess. I get I. God, I this is making me want to show some Dylan Mulvaney TikToks the next time we have a TikTok no. Tuesday. No, it. You know, so it's making you not want to be on the show anymore. <laughs> I, I guess I would go with Dylan Mulvaney, I guess. I guess. You know, 
you know what? I'll 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 go with Dylan Mulvaney TikTok videos because sitting there and and watching what the Bros movies that does by including children into what they're yeah. doing would would be so would incense me yeah. so much that I I just could not tolerate that on any level. Mm. You're right? actually making the argument to make that your punishment just to put, it out <laughs> of your, put you out of your misery. Yeah, I hear you. What about you, Todd? No, I, I already said I think it's Mulvaney. I, I think it's just this. It's this just, is the hardest question maybe ever asked on the show. <laughs> Go ahead. It's just so dumb over and over again. I yeah. It's pathetic. Um, I know how much it incenses my wife. Just like it's, it's just like it's like a skit. Yeah. About mm-hmm. women, it's just so dumb. But and uh, and it doesn't go to any good places. I I have never seen yet it do what I mean, even if it wants to I've never seen it do what that movie does so hmm. it's just just him being a moron Aaron your turn to ride the lightning here go ahead I endure morons uh, all the time I, I so also need just to say one. I'm not providing a blanket condemnation of the West Des Moines Police Department <laughs> I know there's at least one officer who's a big fan of the show um, I'm taking just an individual condemnation. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking. Either way, I feel like I'll burst into flames. I'll can, take. Can we take I'll, that as an option? Because I'll take that. I, I, I asked, <laughs> and she said no. Yes. I'll take the perversion of reality rather than the rejection of reality, and I'll go with bros. Oh gosh. Wow. I'm not kidding. You. I just. I'd. I'd rather die. That was rough. I mean, I'm not, I would. I would rather die than be subjected to 24 hours of either one. I'd rather die. All right, question three. Also, side note before question three, I do agree with you on the scrambled eggs and ketchup. Before I was pregnant and I couldn't have See, like that's anything. Not, that's not helping him. I do agree because you introduced me to that. He has the yeah. palate of a pregnant and woman. That's what you're saying. This is not a good thing. <laughs> not a it good is good. Thing. It Out is of context, really today's show. There you go. <laughs> and then my last question for you guys, which honestly might be harder for you guys in the second one, I don't no know. Way. No way. No <laughs> I don't know because I think it's going to be hard for you guys to just narrow it down. If you could rid the world of one thing, what would it be and why? That ketchup on eggs. <laughs> yeah, ketchup, <laughs> ketchup on eggs. Nice, Aaron. Nice. Um, oh, gosh. Rid the world of one thing. I go. You're asking this question. You go first. Okay. No, it's it's going to be a no-brainer. Comfort. It would rescue us. That's your most Catholic answer of all time. Everybody needs to suffer a lot more. It's me and Oliver Anthony. We testify. You know. Your new nickname is Stigmata, (laughs) and I love that about you. (laughs) Oh, Steve. Christmas bonus in August. I told you I went to Costco the other day. They had the Christmas (laughs) stuff out. I'm ready. We're good. All right. Uh, but th- that is his, that's your most ca- everybody frankly just needs to suffer more I love that I dig it um, training madness yep. the scourge mm-hmm. of what that is what it represents an undoing of reality um, unique uh, the unique yeah. attempt at destroying a generation of children mm-hmm. um, it would be training madness amen sin yeah. well I kind of think wow. that, Jesus, that Jesus did that and, yeah. and and is doing that. I thought about that Please. answer too. Okay, <laughs> but then you just rose above it. That's a total <laughs> Jesus too. And then I thought, you know, I would. I, I'm, 
would, would that answer be my way of saying Jesus should work faster? I mean, I think he's got a plan. Okay. He's working it pretty good. Okay. So I didn't answer that. The yeah. Solid answers we gave. I mean, we went full profit and Aaron still said we're heathens. <laughs> That's yeah. what just happened here. Yeah. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. Yes. <laughs> and more people would like ketchup on eggs. We do that too. It is good. I, I really feel like people should give it a try because it actually is really, really good. And you know, given my inbox, most of America agrees with us. Good. At least, it's at least true. the America that's listening to this show agrees with us. It's really yes. good. I really like it. It is. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. All right, gentlemen, we have about a minute. Any final thoughts on today's show? Well, Daisy and memes for unvaccinated fiends just came up with this beautiful, this beautiful thing that I'm about to show you here. You ready for this? You're not ready for this. No, I'm not, probably not. You're not ready for this. I'm probably not. No. What is it? 100% truth. Oh my Straight gosh, no chaser. Even Hitler had backup. <laughs> oh my. I don't. If you have an account that bears my last name, please do not share that. Okay. <laughs> We're all going to get punished by the algorithms if you share that. Please do not share that. All right. I want to so bad. I know you do. Has Daisy and Memes ever deleted the post? Might want to delete that one. Might want to consider <laughs> it. Maybe. All right, we're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. Just 10 bucks a month, blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we'll see you at noon to two tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.